Hi, this is Jean-Jacques Taylor, and you're listening to Jot Talk. This is a podcast where I talk about the Cowboys, the team I've covered as a beat writer, columnist, TV insider, and radio host for 28 years. I'll also talk about the NFL and the things I love, working out, streaming, food, and all things Dallas. My boy, Big Joe and the Big Rig, one of my oldest friends, produces the show and occasionally chimes in with his thoughts on the Cowboys. After all, he's a lifelong Cowboys fan, and he played high school, college, and semi-pro football. Welcome to Jock Talk, where sports is fluid. What's true today might not be true an hour, a day, or a month from now. I'm going to give you the truth straight. No chaser. Glad to have you aboard. Let's get it. Welcome, my friends, to episode 23 of Jock Talk. I hope you are prepared to be entertained and dazzled for the next hour or so as me and Big Joe and the Big Red get you caught up in what's going on in our version of the sports world. What's up, Doc? What up? What up? Uh, no, it's all good around here, man. Uh, for two nights in a row, I've gotten close to eight hours sleep. I usually function off about five, so I am feeling fantastic. Uh, I do want to tell y'all that my book, Coach Prime, Deion Sanders and the Making of Men, is available wherever you get books Amazon, Walmart, Barnes and Noble, Target, wherever you buy a book, you can find it. It's, a, uh, it's an insider look. I spent six months in Jackson. I was given access to meeting rooms, the locker room, the sideline. You want to know why it's, how it's going down in Colorado? My book will tell you because I'll tell you how it went down to Jackson State where uh, they came within a uh, drop pass, really, of uh, winning the uh, Black National Championship at uh, Jackson State last year. Uh, now, I do like to tell you all that none of this is possible without my friends at Greeny Law. And if you've been involved in an accident from somebody else's negligence, that means it wasn't your fault. It doesn't matter whether it's in a car, you're at an apartment complex, a building, somewhere other than your home, and you've been hurt, what you got to do right off the rip, pick up your phone, dial 972-934-8900. Matter of fact, you should lock it in so you don't even have to think at the moment of truth. 974-934-8900. Tell me your situation. See what they say. Now, they're going to ask you a few questions, but I'm telling you, if they bring you on as a client, it's your lucky day. Um, and that's because a couple of reasons. This thing can be long and tedious and drawn out. It can be complicated. It can be um, intimidating. It can be scary, even for a guy like myself. All right. But that's because typically you haven't been in a situation like this. Well, Greening Law walks you through it. Robert Greening and the Green Team, they tell you when to hold tight, when to move forward, when to turn left. They literally walk you through the process, which is gives you time for what? Rest and renewal. Get your body right. They'll set up doctor's appointments for you. They'll find specialists for you. Whatever you need done, they'll take care of it. So, again, you just work on getting your body back in shape and getting better. Now, I like to tell everybody this. They don't get paid unless you get paid. So that means you don't have to wonder whether where you are on the priority list. You don't have to wonder how important that case is to you. It's numero uno because they don't get paid unless you get paid. All right. Um, so give them a call. You know the number by now. I just told you to lock it in. 972-934-8900. Let Greening Law work for you. And again, you don't have to take my word for none of this. You can go to greeninglaw.com, check out the website, and see what other people are saying about Robert Greening and the Green Team. But if you've been involved in an accident, it's not your fault. Let the Green Team walk you through that process. 
World Series, my brother, starts Friday. Are you going, now this is a key question. Are you going to be watching front and center for nine innings? Oh, yeah, most definitely. Most definitely. Baseball got me right now. You know, it's got me. Oh, it's got right, my cool. full attention right now. It, I, I watched. I watched the other <laughs> games too, but you know, once they made the playoffs and everything, I'm I'm learning the team. I'm my baseball IQ is getting a thousand percent better. You know, it's it's all it's been it's been pretty good. But when the Rangers got bad, I kind of right. went away from baseball. You know, but now I'm back and uh, they got my full attention. At, uh, it's going to be a little bit of a challenge for me, but I'm going to try to make it happen. And you're like, what do you mean it's going to be a little bit of a challenge for you? I'm actually, uh, y'all know as president of JJT Media Group, I have uh, many obligations, which is good. Because when you're working for yourself and you own your own business, it's better to be busy than not busy. And I'm actually headed to L.A. tomorrow to um, go cover the Colorado-UCLA game and work on a couple pieces for ESPN's Anscape. So I have to catch the game, especially game one somewhere. And game two will probably be going on as I am covering the, uh, the football game. So I kind of do double duty and watch it as I'm, as I'm getting it done um, at, uh, at the Rose Bowl. And I am excited about going to the Rose Bowl. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. But, man, when you look at the Rangers, uh, this is what I want to tell folks. Okay, this, this, is, this is just me getting it off my chest. And nobody asked me this, so I'm doing y'all a favor, I think, anyway. Don't sleep on Arizona. And we probably the end of world. No, nah, no, nah, I know they're in the World Series. Much like your Rangers, much like the Rangers. I was going to say your Rangers, and it just came out funny. Much like the Rangers, they took a long, arduous trip to the championship series. Like, they had to beat the Brewers. They had to beat the Dodgers. The Dodgers who won more than 100 games, and who finished 16 games ahead of them in the National League West. They took out the Dodgers. They also took out Philly, and we saw that phenomenal home field advantage that Philly had. Well, they went back, they went back to Philly down 3-2, did the exact same thing y'all did, which is they won two games and won the series on the road. And so what I'm saying is don't get caught up in the fact that they only won 84 games and that somehow they were outscored uh, in the, like they have a negative run differential for the season. And here's why, man. They did the same thing that the Rangers did. And what are you talking about? The Rangers had that stretch in August and I think a little bit of September where they did what? They lost 16 out of 20 and went from first place to third place. Arizona had a very similar run. Uh, theirs happened in July. I mean, it's amazing, dog. I, I just got to just take a second to say this, though. Dog, they won 84 games. This team is six games over 500, and they're playing for a championship. I mean, that's really kind of insane when you think about it. But here's what I say about baseball, and uh, especially in the playoffs, man. Uh, maybe in a one-game series, you can fluke your way to it. There's nothing fluky about how they got it done in the, in the playoffs. When you go through the Brewers, who won the division, when you go through the Dodgers, uh, who won the best teams in baseball, and then you take out the Phillies, uh, who were in the World Series last year, there just ain't nothing to say, dog. There's just nothing to say other than job well done. Uh, and so it was in July, and check this out, man. They lost the first one, two, three, four, five. They lost the first nine games in August. 
And in July, they had another stretch where they lost um, uh, nine of 11. And so they had a stretch, man, where they really won. Let's do this real quick. Three, five, six, seven, eight. They won eight out of 38 games. So they went eight and 30 during one stretch. <laughs> you That's see wild. what I'm saying, dog? Yeah. Dog, they went from um, – I was trying to find a high point. The high point was they went fit, They were 50 and 34, 16 games over 500 on July 1st. Uh, on August 11th, they were 57 and 59. Think about that. From 16 games over on July 1st, six weeks later, you're two games under 500. All right? And, you know, so, you know, from the rest of the win, but regardless, they got in the playoffs. So what I'm telling you is, just like your Texas Rangers are hot, they're hot. Um, and so there's nothing to be taken for granted. Like, oh, this 84-win team, we got this in the bag. Yeah. They also got a good bullpen. And so I figured – uh, as a service announcement, I would just give, like, we know the Rangers. We've been following the Rangers. If you, are, if you just showed up in the party the last week or two of the season or only once the playoffs start, no shade for me. None whatsoever. Not, not one little bit uh, because it's all good. Hell, I didn't show up to too much sooner than y'all did. I mean, I've been following them, but I ain't been following them. Uh, I've been paying attention. Maybe that's a better word to say, but I haven't been following them. But I figured I would give you a quick primer on, uh, on who the Diamondbacks are. And when I say quick primer, I'm just going to talk about they got a cat whose name is Corbin Carroll. He's probably going to be uh, National League Rookie of the Year. He hit 285 this year, 25 homers, 10 triples, 30 doubles, uh, 54 stolen bases. What does that tell you? That tells you that dude can do it all. He can hit. He can hit for power. He got speed. He can take a bag. He's somebody that you got to deal with. He had three hits and a key sacrifice fly in the game seven win over Philly. So what I take from that is the moment don't bother him. All right? So he's the catalyst. He's the guy who helps get them going. Uh, the other guy you need to be aware of, a guy named Zach Gallon. He's a pitcher. Uh, hadn't been great in the playoffs. During the regular season, 17-9, and 9, 3.47 ERA. He had, uh, I was going to look this up right quick because I remembered it, but I couldn't remember the details. He, st- he had one start against your Texas Rangers. Dominated the game. Six innings, seven hits, one run, 11 strikeouts, one walk. Yeah, so that's who you're going to get in games one, four, and possibly seven. All right? I'm just, I'm just keeping it real with you. So that's what I mean. Now, he hadn't been as good in the playoffs. But um, you see what he can do. And so um, he's a guy that you need to respect. And then the third guy is a guy named, um, I think I'm pronouncing it correctly, Kettle Marte, and he is um, their second baseman. And all he did was hit uh, 276, 25 homers, 82 RBI. Um, He didn't steal a lot of bags. So he scored 94 runs, led their team in runs. 
He's uh, so he also plays second base. This is a really good defensive team, and then uh, and so those are the guys you can uh, really pay attention to. The last guy I'll tell you about is Lords Guriel. Um, he's a left fielder. He had two sixty one, but again twenty four homers, eighty two RBI, and uh, you know he's he's part of their offensive catalyst. Um, they don't do a lot offensively per se, but they steal bags. They can play small ball, and they got speed at a lot of places. Um, So, for example, they got a guy named uh, right fielder Jake McCarthy, stole 26 bases. Shortstop, Geraldo Perdoma, 16 stolen bases. Even at first baseman, Christian Walker got 11. Um, Tommy Pham, the DH, um, he also got 11. So what I'm telling you is they got speed on the bags. They'll do that whole first to third thing. They'll yeah. try to score from first. If you hit one to the gap, uh, they're going to be aggressive on the bases, and they play good defense. So they're not going to give you a lot. You're going to have to get. You're going to have to earn what you get. And so that's a kind of a look, a quick look at the Diamondbacks. Uh, most teams wouldn't even have to do that because you'd have a pretty good. If it was the Phillies, you'd know about Bryce Harper and that crew. If it was the Dodgers, you'd know about their crew. But it's the it's the Diamondbacks, man. Nobody but the Diamondbacks, their wives, their girlfriends, their parents and family thought that they would be here, all right? Like, you can't even say that about Texas because Texas led the division, you know, 95% of the season. Texas was one of the best teams in baseball, uh, easily the first half of the season and into the second half before they had that August collapse where they lost 16 or 20. So the Rangers had six All-Stars. They were supposed to be good once the season got started. Uh, The Diamondbacks, not so much. So there's kind of a quick primer on this game. Uh, the series starts tomorrow, 7 o'clock, Globe Life Field. Um, I've been going back and forth with this. I think, man, I think the Rangers are the better team. They were the better team all year, meaning, again, they had the bad month of August, but they were dynamic the rest, most of the rest of the season. Uh, they became incredibly streaky the last six weeks of the season. But uh, they're one of the best offenses in baseball for most of the season. They got a deep lineup. And I think they're going to win the World Series. I think it's going to be 4-2. to two. Um, But, man, what scares me about the Rangers is the starting pitching. You got Montgomery. You got Nady Voldy, who's going to start game one, which is not a surprise to me, considering Montgomery pitched that two and the third to make sure that they took it home in game seven. So he can start game two on his normal days of rest, which is fine. So, um, you know, but after that, man, Max Scherzer has not been good. I admire him. I appreciate his, uh, his efforts, but he ain't been good. <laughs> Uh, he's, he was better the last time, but he was awful the first time. So the fact that you were you improved off of awful, I mean, you're supposed to. Once again, this ain't about his guts and his courage and his ability. He's coming off an injury, so it's how long does it take him to find a rhythm? You know, can he give them four innings in game three? That would be nice. That would be nice. Uh, and then after that, man, it's a crapshoot. Whether they go with Healy, whether they go with Dane Dunning, whatever they do in game four is a crapshoot. So you feel good about Evoldi and Montgomery, but somebody else got to You got to win somebody else's start, I think, to win the series. And so that will be the thing that we're going to keep on. And then the other question, man, 
is uh, is Marcus Simeon going to show up at the plate? Again, this is not about he's not this or he's not that. He's better than the 170 hitter he's been in the playoffs. We all know that. Man led the league and run, scored. Hit 29 homers during the season. Um, they need him to win this series because if him and Seager do what they did all year, then the Rangers will win the series. No doubt in my mind about it. If they both do what they've been doing. Seager is just now starting to get hot again. Now it's time to see if uh, Simeon can join him. So I've got the Rangers in six. What you got? I'm gonna have to say the same thing. I I I just hope I just hope they get an entertaining series. I hope they keep playing with the swagger that they playing with, man. It's been it's been awesome. It's been it's it's been awesome to watch them do do the things they do. And I, I want to see Garcia get down like he have. I mean, maybe he. I hope he didn't use up all his uh, his uh, swagger and. Uh, Hope they didn't. Hope they didn't leave it all in Houston. Is what I'm saying, because that's such a big win for them. No, that's true, and you could say that that's why it's good. They got a couple days to recharge, get it all out this system, and then look forward. Because uh, there's work to be done. The series is not. I mean, the series is just getting started. You don't get no credit for getting to the World Series and losing, as we found out in 2010 and 2011. Yeah. Uh, the 11 one, you got a little bit of a pass for because nobody thought you'd be there. But, I mean, the 10, you get a little bit of pass. 11, man, that thing was there to be won against the Cardinals, one of the great franchises in baseball, and uh, they could not get it done. And that's a sore that's still there. That's a bad sore that ain't went away. Uh, all you got to do is talk about it, and it'll bring the pain back. Hey, man, what you think about Nelson Cruz and that ball? Dog, why are you bringing that up, man? What's wrong with you? I mean, it, it's there. It's just under the surface. It's been buried. Uh, this is the kind of therapy they need to exercise that demon. Well, it's, so, it's uh, funny how that, people. That's it. I can, it's funny how people come and they bring, you know, how many people claim the Cardinals after they beat us. You know, I got uh, a, I got a hey, cousin man. from Oakland. Oh, it's going to be, you know, y'all. He was like the Rangers suck after they lost to Houston. Well, you know, the other day I had to go, how you like me now? And then he was like, well, they're going to, you know, they lost to the Cardinals, my Cardinals. Well, when the Cardinals become yours, I thought the A's was yours. You know, now, now, now he got two teams. But anyway, yeah, you're right. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a sore spot for us. I don't know. Cool. Uh, that, uh, we'll get uh, back to baseball uh, this weekend on the next show. But now let's give my man uh, Clarence e. Hill Jr., a phone call. He's brought to you each and every Friday by my good friends at Smokey John's Barbecue and that jam session bowl, which is to live for. So let's give Clarence a call, see what's up with the Cowboys. We gave him a call. What up, dog? Hello? We thought you forgot to. We forgot. We thought you forgot to set your alarm again and, and was waking up late. You know when you get old, you have to get up and pee. All right, then. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. I know you I know. thought you. I, I thought know you know about this, Joe. I do. I know you know I, about I this, I do, Joe. but I don't need to know. All right, then. Okay. <laughs> Yes, Yo, I thought you just got, got it. I thought you I'm just not, walked. 
I found out why daddies and grandpas got up in the morning. Boy, you better get up and sleep all day. You just mad because you had to get up and pee and you couldn't sleep till noon like we did when we were young, okay? So now I got to get up in the morning. <laughs> you, never, you never know what you're so going to get. Yeah, I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> get up in the morning, man. Get up in the morning. Yeah. You can't sleep in no more. You don't sleep in like you used to when you was a youngster. Roger that. <laughs> <laughs> no lies told. No lies told. We're going to keep it real. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Now, as we move away from your from your uh, peace cycle, yeah. we move into the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I forget we, uh, we go straight on the air. You know, back in the day, you used to leave, you know, when you was, you had the other show, you used to kind of set up, and then we say, let's start the show. Oh, you know, okay. you started me no. when we get off the phone. That's the difference between uh, uh, Jack Talk and uh, Jam Session, is we like this part, this entertaining part. Has proved to be very entertaining amongst the listeners, yeah, I and uh, we get more con- We get more. We get more. We get more tweets about this than we get than we do the actual content. Yep. But it don't matter why the people are listening, as long as they're listening and having a good time. That's this is more like part. the barbershop episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, how do you, in the big picture, what's your take on the? What's your view of the Rams game uh, Sunday in Dallas when Demarcus Ware? Gets his Ring of Honor uh, celebration. You know what's so we you know what's so crazy about it is I forgot about all of the Marcus Ware Ring of Honor stuff. There's been there's so much Ranger stuff. It's kind of it's kind of flowing. <laughs> on. No, seriously, there's not been a lot of talk about it. And I've been to the Cowboys every day. You no know, one's brought it up. You know, we have not talked about right. it this week. You know, you know, certainly when it happened, we did. You know, when it, when it made the initial announcement, we haven't talked about it. I, I'm glad you brought it up because I, I was looking for something to write. Anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> there's there's really not been a lot of talk about it, but as far as this game is concerned, you know, this I think this is this is the beginning of showtime for the Cowboys. You know, um, four of the first six games were on the road. Uh, the now right. actually five of the next seven, but really I like to break them up uh, into four of the next six more than five of the next seven at home uh, because that. That seventh game, uh, or that fifth game in the stretch, or fifth home game in the stretch, actually begins the December, January finish to the season. And it's after the uh, ten day layoff following the Seattle game. So it kind of breaks up kind of nicely for how the Cowboys have broken up the season into tribe masters. They got the first six, they got the next six, and then they got the final five. Uh, and it kind of breaks up really nice. Uh, you know, with the buy after the first six and really a mini buy after the next six, uh, when you consider they play right. Thursday, they don't play up another week. But before the next six at home, the Cowboys should go five and one. And the Cowboys are a team that is have won ten straight games at home. And mind you, they have the chance to win eleven straight game at home for the first time as a franchise since the ninety one, ninety two season when they won eleven straight at eighteen mm. stadium, which actually was the beginning of the Super Bowl right. run, you know, and so the right, Cowboys. Right. You can say what you want about Mike McCarthy; they've been good at home, very good at home, uh, with with ten straight wins. Right, and certainly they've been good after losses. If you, you know, you go back, even go back to the San Francisco game, you know that that's why that Chargers game was such a big game, such a big bounce back. Uh, 
you know, how demoralizing that, that game was with San Francisco. I remember to go back and, and get that win against the Chargers on the road. Uh, again, I think uh, under Mike McCarthy, they're nine and one or ten and one after losses the last two years, which is impressive. You know, they don't lose two in a row, unlike right. what the 49ers have done the past two weeks. They've lost two straight games in a row. The Cowboys don't do that. They haven't done that to Mike McCarthy. So the Rams game, yeah, they're a tough team. You know, uh, they got an offense that has befuddled the Cowboys in the past, but the Cowboys beat them last year with with um, with Cooper Russian quarterback on the road. And this is a game they should put to bed. They generally play well at home. They really start this next stretch. And, and you know, you have the Eagles – uh, next week, and you got a Carolina team, you got a Giants team, you got a Washington team, got a tough game against Seattle. But the Cowboys should go at least six and one in the stretch. Or, no, I'm sorry, five and one in the stretch. Uh, do you think Dak will be using his legs more based on the success that he had uh, in the last game against the Chargers? Well, you know, I, I, I think this, and I think that sometimes we. It's a situational situation, it's kind of how the games. I don't think Dak went in the game and says, I'm going to run the ball. But he did go, he did find opportunities in that game. And as Mike McCarthy talked about it, they had that wide nine thing where they had those ends that are stretched out. Actually, the 49, I mean, the, uh, the Rams was similar. But when the defensive ends are set out so wide, it, it had some natural running lanes for him to step over to and make some plays. And certainly, I think. He's going to take advantage of those opportunities, and as he should. I mean, he's at his best, you know, when he's running and throwing and, and doing some different things and making plays with his feet. I think that, you know, you know, ever since the injury, you know, he was trying to be smart, as everybody told me. You can't run as much. You know, you had the broken leg, and you shouldn't do that. But that takes some of the element away from what made him who he was. And so, you know, he's never going to be Michael Vick. You know, he's not a 4-3 guy. You know, he, he's not – Lamar Jackson, you know, you know, he's not going to make those big runs, but he he can make some nice runs and some some chain moving opportunities there. And really, it's more about running to scramble to make plays down the field. Um, defensively, as you say, this is an offense that has given them some problems at times. How do you think they match up with uh, what Sean is trying to do, McVay? Well, you know, the, the things in the past when the, when the Rams were good, you know, they had a, a run again that befuddled the Cowboys, remember. This team does not have that type of run again. And certainly with that quarterback, I think they've gone away from some of that uh, and really yeah, relied on Exactly. And, and have done more relying on uh, the quarterback and those receivers. And so they have a rookie receiver that's showing out and, and, and to go with, with Cooper Cup. And, and so they're, they're dangerous out there, but can they block the Cowboys? That kind of fits with what the Cowboys want to do. The Cowboys would rather you, or you would rather run the Cowboys than throw in the Cowboys. I mean, and that's what the Rams do best is throw, and that really feeds into a fits right into what the Cowboys do best. So, um, again, they do have dangerous weapons uh, at receiver, and you know, uh, but you know, again, this is this is a situation which the Cowboys should put this one to bed. This this is a game you if if you are the team you're expected to be or hope to be and want to be. You know, again, this is the run. This is the opportunity to to make a statement about who you are, what you can be, and certainly assert yourself at home. And yes, Ram McVay, all of that. We we know what they've done in the past, but this is not that Rams team. This is this is a, a Rams team that in, in the middle of transition uh, from those Super Bowl teams of the past. Uh, you can say what you want about what they've done offensively and all the other genius they got, but. 
this this team is beatable, and the Cowboys should put them to bed. Uh, what what do you make of Matt Stafford? What's his legacy? Highland Park kid, number one pick overall. What you think about him? I mean, I. <laughs> <laughs> You know, before the title, which was, you know, really led by the defensive tackle, you know, before the title, that's, you know, you, you kind of get that, that, that ring deference sometimes, you know, and people forget everything. He, he was, a, you know, like a lot of quarterbacks, he, he had a lot of stats. He just never won, you know, and, and, and sometimes right. the, the ring, you know, makes you forget all of that. But, you know, I don't, I don't, a great arm. I was, you know, Certainly, a great high school quarterback, pretty good college quarterback, uh, has all the measurables. Um, I, I think he's a guy who was, you know, who the Chargers quarterback is probably going to be until he gets with a team that can help him win. I mean, he's going, he got all the measurables, great arm, could never put it together until he got with the right team, right organization, right coach. Uh, I don't know if he's an all time great. His numbers are going to put him up there because he's played for so long. Uh, but he, he's the one that scares you, and certainly at this point in his career. Dude, I'm sitting up here, you talking, I'm sitting up here going, he talking about the title. What title is he talking about with Matt Stafford? And then the dog really made the one Super Bowl a couple years. Yeah. Bro. <laughs> he got a Super Bowl. Dude, I'm, I'm sitting up here looking up like, what title is he talking about? And, I, and I'm looking up the stats, and I'm like, Oh yeah, they did win a couple years ago. That Super wow. Bowl just escaped my mind, and it and it seemed like it was a good game because it was Joe Burrow, it was the Rams. Uh, but nah, man, his title went right over my head. I forgot about it. <laughs> well, uh, only time I, think, McVay got too, now. I mean, you know, I, I remember. You know, it's funny to me because I remember when everybody was writing about Sean McVay in his office getting ready to take over the league. You know, all the stuff he was doing. He's getting ready to take over the league, you know. And now has he taken over the league? Certainly he's got a lot of coaches who are in the league and certainly a lot of coaching, a lot, a lot of guys, uh, you know, uh, under him who've gotten head coaching job. But has some base offense taken over the league, revolutionized the league. And it's funny because I say that because, you know, that's what the talk was earlier this season when when uh, Miami was putting up all these points and, oh, Miami's doing something different. And gonna, this is going to be a new trend. Who they beat? Yeah. What have they done? Well, yeah. Big games, good teams. I thought McVay did a did a great job of coaching coaching Matt Stafford up that that year they won the Super Bowl. He definitely did that. I don't know about the taking over the league, but he coached the hell out there, dude. Because he was yeah, giving he the ball away. It, it, it was, and you know the fun, you know the funny little stat. This is what I always tell people: he was giving the ball away, and. He gave the ball away and should not have been there. If you remember, the 49 oh, State, he dropped a pop-up pick in the championship game that would have ended that game. Mm-hmm. He dropped a, you know a Blake Giddy. I don't know if y'all remember Blake Giddy from Texas, when he dropped that pick against uh, Texas Tech. Mm. You know, <laughs> that still upset me to this yeah. day. And I can't stand him for it. You talking about the, 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 the Crabtree Texas Tech? Yes, right before the crab they play. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> now, let me tell y'all something. 
So you, so you say that and you bring that up and you still feel the pain from that. And that's why I tell people, y'all should be kissing Larry Brown's feet every time you see him because he had two of the easiest interceptions he'll ever get. And guess what he did? He caught the ball. Yeah. Uh, and, and I flipped that around because they wouldn't have even been playing the Steelers if Quentin Corriott hadn't dropped the interception that was right in his hands. The Colts would have won the game. And they've been playing exactly. the Colts in the Super Bowl. Exactly. Quentin Corey, I'll just give him the same thing with Quentin Corey, the same thing. Exactly. Yeah. It, so, it, you know, you get credit for making the easy interception because everybody don't make the easy interception. I don't know how Raiders fans would feel about that, but that's a whole nother subject. Wait, no, no. We're not talking about the Kentucky rule or whatever. No, I'm talking about Larry Brown getting that money. No. That's what I'm talking about. No, no, no. Well, that was a bad mistake. They, they, you know why that was a bad mistake, dog? He was a man in zone corner with the Cowboys, yeah. and then they paid him to be a bump and run man corner yeah. and with the Raiders. Dog, that was never going to work. Yep. Can I, can I cuss? Yeah. That's on they dumb ass. Yeah. yeah. You can say that. <laughs> I mean, that wasn't even a good cuss. That wasn't even a good you, use of the cuss. If you watch Larry Brown his whole career, and listen, we love Larry. Yeah. You watch Larry Brown his whole career, and you paid him to be Deion Sanders, that's on you. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. You paid him millions yeah. of dollars I mean, thinking you finna get a shutdown corner Deion Sanders. That's on your dumb ass, okay? Yeah. Come on, let's be Ain't honest. nobody paid Timmy Smith $17 trillion because he had a great game in the Super Bowl. You just had to understand well, you, you know, had a great game, but that's not – but it's happened a couple oh, yeah. times. The, the, the safety for the Tampa Bay got, got paid after that big Super Bowl. He never did anything. Yeah. He was Donovan Smith or somebody yeah, like people, that. He had a people, big game. You know, it's ridiculous. Yeah, people get caught you up know? in the hype. And uh, they're trying to say, hey, we added the Super Bowl MVP to our team. Go buy some more season tickets. Well, the, then, Raiders, uh, the Raiders they, always spent their money wrong. Raiders always huh? spent they, the Raiders always spent their money wrong anyway. So. Well, that's, again, that's on they dumb ass. Yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> we're not gonna feel sorry for them. Is what I'm saying. Roger that. When you, when you got uh, all the scouting and everything else in the world, but no, um, you know, again, as I get back to say, that was that year. Stafford also led the league in interceptions. You, you say he, he got him out. Stafford led the league in interceptions in 2021. That year, through two in the Super Bowl, he threw a pick. And he and he threw a pick, or should have thrown a pick that would have ended their Super Bowl hopes. But the guy dropped it. Aaron Donald made a sack, saved the season. Aaron Donald made a sack in the Super Bowl and, and won the game. And we forget that Aaron Don, uh, that, that, that that Matt Stafford led the league in the seventh. You said he stopped. You you said McVay stopped him from throwing himself. No, he didn't. McVay he coached him up. I understand that, but my point is he led the league in interceptions yeah. that year, and people yeah. forget that. Or don't even think about that. And, and, and again, I, I've done this. And every you, you call me a DACA pilot, whatever you want to call me. I just, I just, I rarely get the narratives, as, as I try to say. Oh, we going uh, back to old shit one, now. <laughs> no, it's, we, it's always extensions of other conversations. You know, you know, these, all the conversations are extensions of other conversations. But my my point is this: is that we never talked about the guy that led the league in interceptions until Dak led the league in interceptions. No, there were never storylines. Throughout the offseason, in, in ESPN first takes and breakdowns of the guys leading the league in the sessions until it was Dak. Okay? And right now, 
No one's talking about the people that lead the league in interceptions. It's part of the game. Who is leading the league I, in interceptions? I think it's Jalen Hurts and, and, and Josh Allen and, and somebody else. Okay? But it's not an indictment of their game. Only when it was that is it an indictment of what he's doing, and that's not true. And I and I and I would I would ask you to do this as you're a researcher, um, Mr. Hartfield. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dak's interceptions last year was the lowest for a league leader dating back to the 1930s. And that means what? It means it wasn't that big of a damn deal. Sure, it is. This no, a, this it was This is a pass-friendly league right here. In the 1930s, that stat is that's okay, such right a now, empty Right thing. now, two years ago, three years oh ago, which year you was this? When does the decade start? When does this time start? I, I guarantee you that the league leader this year will have more than Dak had last year in this pass-friendly league. That's all I'm saying. It, it, it's part of the game as well. Are you are – you, and again, Matt Stafford had more interceptions in 2021 than Dak had in 2022. But I'm just saying that you go back, you go back to 1930s. His number of interceptions were the lowest for a league leader. He only played so whatever 11, decade, he only... whatever whatever area you want to talk. But people played in different time. People played different amounts of game. Whatever area you want to deal with. And, and back in the seventies, the past happy league, but they didn't throw the ball for twenty times a game. They weren't throwing it forty times a game, so it, it's all relative. Okay, to what you, we're talking about, it's response, all relative. To the same do you, thing. Do you want a response to that, or you just sure, gonna keep talking? Sure. I'm gonna keep talking, but sure, come on. It's eleven games, fifteen interceptions. I never said nothing about the amount. I said it's the it's no, it, how it, it, it's, it, it's it, how it, it, he, it was twelve games. No, it's it was twelve games. Twelve, eleven. 15-30 is how he threw the damn ball. Is how he the, the interceptions, the interceptions that he threw. We talked about a clean pocket. We it's talked about it wasn't a clean pocket. Is it how he had like five tipped interceptions, and now it's how? Come on, man, stop. Wait, wait a minute. You gonna let me talk or not? Because I'm not gonna try to talk over you. That's bad because people can't hear you. But I'm trying to tell you. It's one of them things where it's the it's the the type of interception because you saying you were saying something like I think he can't read defenses. I don't know he can read defenses because it's what oh, it's what no you said that I was th- that I was intimating that he couldn't read defenses. I wasn't saying that. I'm saying it's where you want it's where you gotta go and where you want to go. The problem with Dak is sometimes he throw that ball where he want to, not where it's supposed to go, and that's what okay. I think. So that's you know that's what I'm saying. It's not how many how many he threw, it's the type of interceptions that he threw, and that's but, what but I, I, that's I would, what I tried to say. But your ass keep talking over me. <laughs> and I, I would say this that my, uh, my ass is I, I would say this that most people are not talking about. They're, they're talking. It's, it's the number. And, and again, when it's not just about you, it's about you know the, the narrative of. How dare you do twelve interceptions or in, in fifteen interceptions in twelve games, or whatever that number is, and 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 people are just dealing with the sheer number. I'm the league leader. You didn't. And you didn't I, ask people. You asked me. I, no, I didn't ask. We we kind of got the conversation. Did, no, no, you didn't ask I people. Didn't. You said, Mister Hartfield, since you're a researcher, let me ask you, and I'm telling you what I'm saying. Yes, what I. 
Yes, and, and and when I was talking about, I was talking about the sheer number. When I when I said Mr. Your research, I was saying research the number. And, and, my, I, and don't, I hear don't, don't make and, me roll tape. Don't make me roll tape on your ass, because I said it's not the it's not how many. It's the it's the type of interceptions that he threw. You talking about nineteen thirty? Hell, we couldn't I, sit in the by, damn week. Go ahead. I, I was talking about every year going back to 1930 yeah, or whatever. I, I looked at the number. But but again, even if you say the type of interception. How the hell we get to that? Really? How we get to that? Ain't nobody said nothing about to you about that. that. All right. It's always about that. No, it's not. If, if the Cowboys don't make a trade as we move on, and, and Jerry claims they're not going to be aggressive, even though the Eagles are aggressive, have been aggressive to, to improve this team, and I think they should be more aggressive to help improve this team. If they're going to get it done, who are we going to be talking about? Who's the referendum on? Dak Prescott. And should we pay him? Has he, has he done enough to lead us to a Super Bowl and, and whatever else? It, it's always going to get back to the quarterback. Well, what the Cowboys do is going to get back to the quarterback. Trade deadline Tuesday. Three o'clock. Uh, I don't care what Jerry says because uh, you know he he says whatever he needs to say at the moment. Uh, do you think that they will make a deal? And is there any position that you like? You need to make a deal and strengthen this thing up right here. Well, I think they need to strengthen the running game. I think they need to strengthen the running back. You know, uh, is, is there any in, any chance that uh, the the Titans since they doing a fire sale would, would, would get rid of their running back and, and how much we cost? Uh, I think they can use help a receiver. I think they can use help a tight end. I think they can use help a cornerback. And certainly, I think they can use help in linebacker. All right. I, now you can't it. get all of that, but I think that you should 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 be, you know, leaving no stone unturned to try to improve this team. If you know this team, the, the opportunities to win is now. It's wide open. Uh, that you know so. Don't sit back and worry about having to pay Michael Parsons three years from now or having to pay Dak two years from now or CD. No one cares about your salary cap. You have not won in 28 years. DeMarcus Ware, Ring of Honor, is Sunday. He's certainly worthy of it, certainly worthy of being in the Hall of Fame. What's uh, what's your moment for DeMarcus Ware? Oh, certainly the biggest moment for DeMarcus Ware as a cowboy was when he hurt his neck uh, and uh, came back and played against the Saints and had the big sack, and they didn't expect him to play. And I think that's his signature, signature moment, uh, what he meant the type of player he was, what he meant to his team, uh, his heart, you know, because, yeah, he's a speedy pass rusher, but that, that showed you his competitiveness, that showed you his toughness, that showed you his heart, and he still, you know, was able to get to the quarterback and make plays in a in a crucial game against the Saints that really showed who the Cowboys were back then. And, and, and when they were, you know, in their prime, ready to, ready to contend on the way, Phillips. Oh, yeah. No, I, I was yeah, I, I'll say that. I don't think there's any uh, any dispute about that. That seems to be his moment. Uh, I just think he's kind of underappreciated 
and I think some of it is because he was so smooth or the Cowboys just didn't win enough, um, you know, for him to uh, to get the uh, the love, you know, that he should probably be getting, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I think, it's, it, it, I think that it, it, it's, and as I get back to that, but I think that that's part of this whole, this whole legacy of players, okay? You know, and, and, it's, and it's part of that, the, the not being able to win, the not getting over the, 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 the hump has, has kind of put an asterisk on everybody's greatest. That includes Jason Whitten. That includes uh, Tony Rumble. Then, you know, Tony Rumble gets the most of the of it, but you know, and but that includes Jason Witten, that includes Tony Romo, that includes DeMarcus Ware during his time in Dallas. Certainly Don Marcus Ware had the ability and opportunity to overcome that. He became a champion in Denver. He's remembered for what he contributed to that championship team. So I think that does some of that off. But yeah, in Dallas, I think he was unappreciated because of this 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 cloud, this Super Bowl cloud, this not winning cloud hanging over the franchise. You know, and, and, and that that's part of it. You know, it it, it is it is it is it is the twenty eight years is has just put a lot of pressure on everybody, everything that they do. And and you know, I don't care if you put up stats like, you know, Dak has all these stats and Wooden has all these stats, but he ain't winning the playoffs. He ain't winning to do this. You know, Dak is right now the second all time leading um Pastor as far as the Cowboys history as far as touchdown, I think he's third in yards and, and all this other stuff, you know, but Rumble's number one and everything, but the only people we recognize that done anything is, is certainly Roger and Troy because they won. And and, and it's all about stats for this whole era of Cowboys because they have not won. And, and it's not just they have not won. They have not get won on a run. They have not even gotten to the championship game. And quiet as it's kept, every other franchise has been going on a regular basis, so to speak. <laughs> every At least other, once a decade. Yeah. Well, you know what I mean? Like the stars have been there, you know. Oh, you're talking about in, in the area, uh, yes. Yeah, yeah you're yeah. talking about local sports teams, for sure. Yeah, they've had the – what they've had is when they had their moment, they made their little run and did whatever they did, whether they won it or got to the conference finals. And then, uh, okay – but at least they was a step away from the championship. And it just seems odd that the team that gets the most hype hadn't been able to do it, you know, because for what, probably for about four or five years, the Rangers were one of the two or three best teams in baseball. And, right. you know, the stars look like they're about to, they went to the conference finals a year ago or a couple of years ago. It looks like they're about to start making their run now because uh, they got good young players. Um, you know, uh, the Mavericks went to the conference finals a year ago, two years ago. So everybody's had their taste of, we almost got it. Oh, okay, we just did. But it just seems odd that the, that the Cowboys haven't been able to get to that one step away uh, all these years later. It just seems weird. Yeah, you know, but, uh, you you know, know it, as I say, you know, the, the Cowboys should learn something from the Rangers and the Mavericks. And, you know, it's not wait your turn, you know. Uh, you know, go seize the moment, you know, and, and the Mavericks were, were lost 100 games two years ago, 90 last year, but they went all in with their payroll, with their manager, and these young players who nobody thought were ready to contend said, I'm taking it now. I want it now. And, and, and they're here now. 
and, and the Cowboys need more. You know, they keep talking about the processes and and the salary cap. When the opportunity is there, y'all got to step up and win and make it happen. That includes Dak. That includes uh, Michael Parsons. That includes C.D. Lamb. That includes all of them. Play your best yeah, football with the Battles most. <laughs> huh? He said hit the organ. Well, yeah, I got to get some saying, play, your, play your best football with about a month. Be El Bombay. Take the hate, embrace the hate, El and put Bombay. it back on them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We need okay, to see that. Yeah, we got to admit. We got to admit, watching El Bombay do his thing, man, that's some of the most entertaining stuff. It is. Uh, yeah. From the yeah. moment he slammed the bat down, even the four strikeouts when he's like, I'm trying to hit this thing out the stadium. Yeah. <laughs> uh, till he got control of himself and then did hit it out of the stadium <laughs> to turning around and looking at the catcher and yeah. saying whatever he said in yeah. Spanish. Yeah. I mean, that dude that took the moment and like, fuck all y'all. Yeah, I'm trying he, to win this thing. Yeah, when he stared down the pit, when he stared down that first <laughs> that first home run, that was like, y'all hold these things right here. I don't, you know what I'm saying? What, what, what we doing here? I said, man, the Rangers finna whoop their ass. No. That's what I said. When he stared man, the and, first and, hit. And, 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 what he, and that grand slam in Houston, in that environment where they booed him every yeah. time. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's nuts, man. That's, that's that's big old balls, okay? Bro, that, that, yep. Listen, that, that's what that is, man. Yo, your Facebook post nah. is legendary, chill. Your Facebook, <laughs> hey, I love all of them. You, Which one? Well, all of them. He tan Houston ass. I told, I told, I, yes, sir. Because I, <laughs> I, I gave him some love yesterday. I said yeah. the one where you talked about Roland Martin and the Aggies shining the 1939 trophy. That was, uh, that was epic. I didn't see that one. I got to get back on. Oh, but no, yeah, dog. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And no. the show lives quiet in Houston. Mm, mm. Okay, then. Yeah. And people think I'm just doing this. I, I, I like talking trash. Like, I'm having fun with with Philly people. They, they're all in here. Man, I was looking forward to a Phillies Rangers World Series to coincide with the Cowboys Eagles yeah. game next week. Yeah. That would have been fun. And I do this trash. I do this for a living. I mean, me and, uh, me and a guy from Houston, grown south for the Chronicle, we have been talking trash between Dallas and Houston since we covered high school together. When it's Kimball, for 20 years uh, or maybe 25 years. Kimball against Yates. And I've been keeping tally of the state championships in football, basketball, and track between Dallas and Houston since I covered high school. I've been covering high school since the 90s. You know, and so I you know, like to have fun with Houston about all this stuff. And so – it's, I love Houston. It's a great city. I love to visit. My daughter goes to Rice there. But they're going to get this work. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They're supposed to. Yeah. All right, man. Well, I know you still, you probably got to make another trek to the restroom because we've yeah. been on the phone so long. Yeah, so well, we appreciate <laughs> you. Yeah, you ain't. <laughs> That's uh, Clarence E. Hill Jr. of the Star Telegram. The E stands for every morning. Yeah. <laughs> like most of the old dudes. All right, dog. I'll... Yes. All right. That's Clarence E. Hill Jr. the Fort Worth Star Telegram. The most entertaining, supposed to be 20 minutes that never keeps to 20 minutes on the Jack Top Podcast. He's brought to you each and every Friday. By Smokey John's Barbecue, 1820 West Mockingbird. It's about five, ten minutes from the heart 
of downtown right off of uh, Mockingbird. And let me tell you, what you need to do is go get the Jam Session Bowl. It's to live for. Did you hear me? It's to live for. Big Joe and the Big Reese going to get one someday soon. Someday soon. Someday. He's going to get one. Someday. Not, to, not today, but someday. Someday soon. He's going to get one. Uh, and let me tell you how they put, the thing, they put that thing together. You go in there and you say, I want the Jam Session Bowl. You got to say it because it ain't on the menu. You ain't going to find it on the menu. Only if you listen to the Jack Talk podcast will you know it even exists. Because we don't talk about it. Okay? So you got to ask for it. And then they're going to say, what you want? How you want to debase? And you say, either mac and cheese or mashed potatoes. And then they're going to ask you, you want two out of five smoked meats? Pick your, take your pick. Occasionally, occasionally, I go, double brisket, please. And they go, wow, okay. Normally, though, I go with the brisket and the sausage. And then they say, you want the works? I go, yeah. That means everything you find on loaded baked potato. They put on that jam session bowl, man. The chives, the bacon bits, the sour cream, the cheese, the butter, all of that good stuff. They put it on top. Then they either drench it with sauce or drizzle it. Yo call, drench, drizzle, yo call. And then, man, it's enough for two. Easy is enough for two. You got a little shorty, six, seven. All three of y'all can eat off that thing and it's all good. Now, if you're the kind of person that needs Smokey John's in your life more regularly, you go to the website, SmokeyJohns.com. Go to the marketplace. Check this out. You can click on the rub or the sauce and have it delivered to your home. I mean, Big Joe, way out there. Damn, I don't, I don't, he's so far out there to take a helicopter ride to get to his house. Uh, right down 20. You too, man, could order it and have it at your house in a couple of days. As far away as you live. Okay. Or, now he don't live as far as my former partner, Matt, in Birmingham. But he right down 20, but it feel like you got, you know, you headed toward Abilene or somewhere. But, uh, or if you want to do, hey, man, you could hop in that truck today and you could go to Burleson's uh, H-E-B and you could find Smokey John's on the shelf. It's that simple. If you got to have it right now today, that's all you got to do. But uh, you need Smokey John's in your life. You need it in your life. So check it out. You can go to the storefront, 1820 West Mockingbird. You can order it online, or you can go pick it up yourself. But get Smokey John's in your life. Now, I know you fool from, you can probably, you probably taste it in your mouth, man. You so fool. Um, so, since you fool, check this out, dog. Let's take a quick walk around, trip around the block. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you don't sound like you appreciated that, nah, that, I'm on, that I'm on nice probably, little segue idea. I'm on a probably... Uh, my daughter gonna be here today, so I'm probably at some point they probably gonna end up at HEB. I'm probably gonna get some because I like the grill when she come over here. So, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, go on, do that, go on, yeah, do that. What it is? All right, check this out. I think I told y'all the other day about what a consortium. I think I used that word the right way. The cell phone industry is and how they just put all this stuff on my bill. Had me pissed off. Once I got through my bill. Because I think you told me, man, you have to. And let me, give, let me give my boy a lot of credit for what I've been doing for the last 72 hours, 48 hours. You told me, because I got mad at cell phone people. You said you, you're expecting too much. You basically said, go in there, look them in the eye, and say, this is what I want. 
I don't want anything else. Yeah. I want this, this, and this. Don't. And anytime they bring up something, you say, "I told you what I wanted." Yep. This, this, or this. Period. Well, dog, it's not often I take your advice. I took your <laughs> advice. I didn't go into the cell phone company. I called him. Got him on the phone. Mr. Taylor, what can I do for you? I said, oh, uh, here's what I need. I need this, this, and this taken off my bill right now. I don't want to discuss anything else. Oh, okay. And so I took the insurance off my bill. You might be like, well, insurance? I hate cell phone insurance. Anytime you need it, there's a thousand hoops you got to jump through. So I just like, yep. I don't want it. I'll, yep. go buy another, I'll go buy another phone if something happens to my phone. I'll get one that's unlocked off the internet for $300 and keep it moving. Don't want your insurance hit. They was charging for me and my son's phone, $15 a month. That's $30 a month. That is $360 a year for some stuff. That almost made me cuss, dog. Stuff I'm not going to use. Take it off. Then I think I told you, dog. They had assigned a line to my phone that I swear I ain't never asked for. Never, ever, ever, never asked for an extra line, dog. That thing's forty dollars a month. Forty dollars. And you might be like, crazy. You might be like Taylor. How could you not notice it? Well, my bill is automated, and when it never changed, I never looked at it because it never changed. Well, you know what the trick dog, is. Let me what? tell you what the trick is. The trick what is, is the when trick? you when you move from Sprint to T-Mobile, your bill was so much. I didn't lower. move. They bought the company. But what I'm saying is your bill be so much lower that you don't look at the. You know what I'm saying? Like my my, oh. my Sprint. Well, bill, it wasn't. My Sprint bill went lower when you know it went from. Oh, right. It went so lowered I wasn't paying attention to what they was doing, and then mm. when I realized no, that I'm no. getting a good deal, you know. But go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, you good. No, my problem is I didn't pay enough attention to the bill. I mean, that's all my fault. Yeah. But, dog, $400, $40 a month? Dog, what is that? That's 12 times 4. That's $480 a year, man, that they stealing. Stealing, that's what I call it. And then, dog, so my, I got those off. And they said, is there anything else we can do for you, Mr. Taylor? I said, no. I said, hold up, hold up. What is this $10 add-on charge right here? You know that's you know this person told me, man. Because I started the conversation by telling them, "This is not your fault. I understand that. So whatever, however my tone is, I'm not mad at you. I am frustrated with the company for which you work. So don't take anything I tell you personally. Now you know sometimes people accept that, sometimes they don't. But this person accepted. That man, that man said, "Hold up, let me see." You know what that man told me, man. That man said, this $10 add-on charge is for 4K video for your cell phone, sir. I said, for my cell phone? Yes, sir. I said, take it off! That's <laughs> <laughs> dog. That's why I said it just like that. Gonna make me, I said, take gonna, it off! You're going to make me turn your mic down. That's what you're going to make me do. Dog, Go ahead. that's what I did. I got my girl in here cracking up like you. She, she just gave me the you are a fool look. So now, dog, my bill went from two. I'm not ashamed to tell y'all, went from two hundred eight dollars to one hundred thirteen dollars. Cause I told her, I said, I just shaved almost a hundred dollars off my bill. I am one person. All the stuff that they put on there that I did not ask for, 
I said, how many customers do you think T-Mobile got? I said, let's just say they got 20 million customers. Mm-hmm. Let's say they did this with 10 million of them. Do you know how much money they made that they should not have made? Just a zillion dollars. Well, guess what? They ain't going to make no more off of me, suckers. Now, they might say, well, we got you for a couple years, Taylor, so we made ours. That's all right, man. Live and learn. So you know what that made me do, dog? I went through all my stuff yesterday, man. All of it. I did a I did an IRS level audit on myself. I found several things that were supposed to have been canceled that weren't canceled. And I'm in, the reason I'm telling y'all this, the reason I'm sharing this with y'all, I encourage y'all to do the same. Go through your credit card bill, especially if you like me and you pay everything on credit card and then you pay the credit card off at the end of the month. So you're not really seeing it. You're just paying the lump sum bill. Go through your credit card and be like, hey, what is this charge here? What is this? I don't know. I thought this thing got canceled. Why is it still current? Because you know what the trick is for companies, man? I found this out, dog. This real talk. You know what the trick is for companies? They make it so hard for you to cancel that either you f- get frustrated or you forget or you just don't. Like, and. Uh, fitness connection You can't cancel that membership Even though it's $10 a month You can't cancel it Over the phone You know what you have to do You have to actually go And physically Go to the spot And cancel it Before they'll cancel it um, I got rid of Sirius XM radio Because I gave my car To my granddaughter I'm like I'm not paying for your Sirius XM radio You can get it for yourself You got a car I mean you got a job You can pay for it yourself Do you know how hard They made it to cancel That thing dog I'm on the phone with them, and I was like, I no longer, I did the Joe Hartfield. I said, hey, I, um, I'm calling to cancel my service. I don't want any other form of the service at any level for any price. <laughs> I can't afford it. I lost my job. Yeah. I can't afford anything. Yeah. You know what this person did and came back? Well, sir, we could give it to you for $5.99 a month. I said, what part of I don't yeah. have a job? Okay, I lied about that. And I can't afford it at any level. Do you not understand? Well, I was just trying to, I said, I don't have a job. I can't afford it at any level. And he said, okay, sir, I'm sorry. That's okay. That's all I'm trying to tell you. I'm one step away from being homeless. And finally, they took it off. Didn't you know what they said at the end, dog? They said, uh, do you still have the car? It's none of your business whether I got the car or not. Take this shit off my bill now. Thank you. I appreciate it. Have a great day. They make you talk to them bad, though. They make you talk to them bad. And then I called Adobe because I had some ex- some leftover Adobe I thought had been canceled. So to make a long story short, man, I saved 335 hard-earned dollars yesterday. And I got one more to go today. And you know what I'm doing with all that money I saved, though? What's just that? real talk. You know what I'm doing with it? What's that? No, this real talk. I set it up yesterday to start on November 1st. I'm sending a draft to my savings account every month for $335. Because I've been spending the money, right? So it's not like I'm going to miss it. Except now I'm just going to save it. And whatever that is at the end of the year, that's good. So that's what I'm doing with the money I saved. And so I want all of y'all, sometime in the next two or three weeks, just take an hour. It's worth it to you. Go through your credit card bill 
and make sure that you ain't got no recurring charges on there that you thought had been taken care of or whatever. Just check your bills because these companies are stealing. I call it stealing. They're stealing money from you under your own nose and you don't even know about it. So that's my advice. And I'm sorry I got a little bit worked up, man. I apologize if I blew your ear out, but, you know, I get emotional about these things. I won't never hear that decibel again. uh, (laughs) (laughs) Because I, I was trying to explain this to my girl. I don't mind spending money, okay? I really don't. But I hate wasting money. Like, I just hate wasting money because it's so hard to make. I just hate wasting money. And there are things like, I did this yesterday, man. I did this yesterday. I was very thirsty. I stopped at a, at a, I, I was on my way, um, and I stopped at a 7-Eleven. And the water, water is more expensive than it should be. And I almost never stop at 7-Eleven to get water, but I was thirsty. This water was more expensive than even the expensive water is supposed to be. Duh, they was charging two seventy nine for a twenty three ounce bottle of Ozarka water. It's a convenience store, and I just duh. This is what I'm saying. Normally, that bottle is one fifty nine. At almost any other convenience store you go to, they charging two seventy nine. Dog, I was like, what is wrong with y'all? And so I looked at it, man, for about a minute, and then I thought, I literally buy this size bottle of water in a case of 24 for Costco for $6, which is about 25 or 30 cents a piece. And I was like, I just can't spend $2.79 for a bottle of water I know damn well I can get for 30 cents, and because you buying it in bulk, you probably getting it for a nickel or a dime. This is just terrible. This is beyond the price markup that you should have. No, I'm dead. I'm dead serious, man. I left that bottle of water there, and me and my parched mouth went back in the car and drove off. Because I, I, I can't stand to waste money. Now, I, I spent $300 on a shirt. I spent $500 on a PS5. I spent $200 on some Air Max 95s because I like the value. I will not spend $2.79 on a bottle of water that I know I can get for $0.30. Cents. That's just me. I'm sorry. Judge me if you want to. That's just me. I'm sorry. I'm sharing with y'all. Well, I've been that way. Okay. I. <laughs> <laughs> but then you get it. Yeah. I'm uh, just saying. So it, that's what, what you get your value out of. You know. That's that's the whole thing. There you go. And and and, no, and resale no, we also. Go we ahead. can talk about that forever. Resale too. You know. I. No, I, we I, can. I'd it's the same reason. Go, go ahead. ahead. No, you go ahead. No, you go ahead. No, you. I insist that you go. <laughs> well, what you spending on shoes and shirts, I'm spending on ammo and, and firearms. It's the it's the resale. It's the value. Those things hold their right. value, and it's like, yeah. So, yeah, my wife does the deep dive on our finances. See, when you have money to waste or you don't have money to waste, it's worth it for you to do the deep dive. That's that's why I know about buying stuff and all that stuff. We. You know, we don't have like that to be be wasting money. So it's like this extra stuff you got here, get that stuff off of here. You know. Right, either, right, either right. Way, you know. No. Whether you have it or you don't, you need to deep dive in the in the, into what these people are charging you. <laughs> real talk, real talk. That's our uh, trip around the block uh this week. <laughs> ah, we'll see what else goes on in Taylor's world and what we'll get to uh next week. But that's it for today. Uh 
uh, we're going to end the show with a couple quick topics. We had a great conversation in the Cowboys locker room the other day. And uh, I'm going to bring it to y'all. And I'm going to bring Joe in on it. And here's the deal. Um, uh, how do I want to start this? We was talking about Tony Pollard. And the question was, what do you think about Tony Pollard? Because he's been good, but he ain't been great. And do you think he can reach great? You know, and I said, um, and we we're talking about it. And, and the, the reason it came up is uh, at some point somebody said, like, last year's Tony Pollard on that play against the Chargers where he caught that pass in the middle of the field, broke the tackle, and, and got up. He would have scored on that. Uh, that the, the Dak apology and this said year's, that. Uh, Clarence said that. <laughs> he said he would have scored on that. And uh, asked Pollard about it yesterday. And he said, I didn't see the cornerback. If I had, I would have just veered left and I would have got into the end zone, no problem. He said, I didn't see him, so I just kept running straight. And he got me on the angle. Um, and I don't know, I don't know, I, you know, I don't know if that's real, if that's true or not. This much I do know. He's averaging about 3.9 a carry, which is, uh, or, you know, which is much, which is way down from the 5.2 he averaged last year. And. Um, he doesn't look quite as explosive. Um, and I think the reason why is, and, and again, to some of y'all, I'm not breaking any news, but I think the reason why is there's a big-ass difference between being the man and being the second running back. Yes. yes. You know, where you get where, and, and there's a bunch of differences. Like, number one, Zeke and and I'm not saying how oh, they should have kept Zeke. No, I'm not even saying that. And he's a Buckeye, and he's one of my favorite guys. But Zeke was taking all them third and one short yardage dirty hits that was banging his body up last year. Pollock come in fresh. Hey, let's go. Yeah. He's zipping around the corner for 17 yards. Different system. Well, now guess who taking them? That's right, bro. Now, who taking them short yardage dirty hits now? Tony. Tony Pollock taking them. So when you get to the edge and your leg and you say, hey, let me hit that turbo button, it mm-hmm. goes, and instead of 17 yards, you get nine because you ain't got that juice because your body getting banged uh, in a little different fashion than it got banged the year before. Don't number ever, two. Don't ever make that th- sound. Don't ever make that sound again, dog. Go ahead. We're going to leave that where it's at. What, when you hit the turbo button? Uh, stop it, when uh, the other thing is, when you're the number one back, the coaches, and I think uh, Joe can speak to this. The coaches say, "Hey, here goes Tony Pollard's five favorite runs with the Cowboys. They like to run counter this. They like to run twenty three that. They like to run this, this, this. Hit it five runs. Let's make sure we practice those and we oh, we yeah. up to date on those." Yeah, when they prepare for you. When you're the number, that's yeah. When you're the number two back, hey, when Zeke go out, this guy, this other guy got a lot of speed. So let's watch out for that. They're not sitting there game planning the second back like they do the first back. They may say, hey, here's a couple plays they like to run with the backup. But they're not doing that with the same intensity and the same scrutiny that they're doing it with the number one back. So you get in there. They kind of know what you're going to do, but they ain't really studied it like that. Well, and that, so you start uh, busting their ass. It's like uh, Marion Barber and Julius Jones. When Julius Jones was yep. the guy and Marion Barber came in with all that energy and all that tackle breaking and that hard running, it's a change of pace, and people got to get adjusted to you. 
When the other guy that's why they call him a change of pace. Back. Yeah, you get you. You got to get adjusted. And then when everybody wanted Marion to be the guy, he wasn't as effective because he couldn't run right. as high energy, you know, as he did when he came in all the, the game. time. Yeah, all the time. So yeah. Pollard getting like right. you said, Pollard's getting the bulk of the carries. Uh, I think it's right. a different system too. You know, the, the offensive right. line is having a few problems. And like you said, people people getting geared up. They, the scouting report is about him. You know, instead yeah. of it being about somebody else, it's about him. I think it's an right. overall and offensive problem too. You know, just no, I, I wouldn't agree to all of that. But that's uh, that's the deal, and that's why Pollard um, has not been as uh, you know he done. And here's the funny thing: here's how you can really tell that what we're telling you is true. Who looks faster, Pollard or Rico Dottle? To me, Rico Dotto looks faster, even though I know that's not the case. Well, and it's the same yeah. thing. He coming in with fresh legs, like, boom, he exploding, accelerating, because why? He ain't been banged on. He feeling fresh when he get in the game. Yeah, but ain't nobody. And it's uh, ain't it's nobody, funny to watch it. Ain't nobody getting prepped for Rico, though. When Rico come in. That's, that's no, what I'm saying. Yeah, ain't nobody going, all right, look here, 20, 20, 20's in. You know, <laughs> all right, then. When Rico come in, we don't know what Rico going to do. But uh, I think uh, if, if you exactly. if they stretch the field with Brandon Cooks, if they threw just chunk the ball up a couple of times to Brandon, that's going to back up them safeties. You know, that's going to back everybody up. But then again, they ain't really getting no run game. And the teams are playing too deep. They still ain't getting no run game. So it's a lot of things going on. It ain't that Pollard is, is, is not Pollard. It's just a lot of other stuff going on. I think it's the type of runs that they're doing. And you was talking about uh, earlier this year marrying the old system with the new system. You need to bring back some of the old stuff, you know, because this new stuff ain't working. The run, in the, especially in the running game and the red zone. So. No, nah, but they need to uh, they need to figure it out, my friend, and they need to figure it out uh, quickly. But that was an interesting chat we had in the locker room since yep. wasn't a, wasn't no players to talk to. We talked amongst ourselves. Well, sometimes when they break, the when they sometimes when they break a run, that guy's already at a dead sprint, and he got the angle. You know what I'm saying? That, that, that dude, right. is, that dude is hauling ass already, and Tony is just getting up the gear. I don't, I don't know. Right? It's, it's a lot of things going uh-huh. to that. And then uh, last thing we wanted to touch on real quick is your Dallas Mavericks opened up the season last night. Uh, they did it in style, so to speak. Now, I was laughing at them early because I watched probably the first uh, – I watched – well, it was on. I was I was doing – I was multitasking, so I didn't see it all. But I was watching – it was on during the first half before I was like, I need to go to bed uh, so I can get up and uh, do my thing in the morning. And, um, dude, they gave up 68 points in the first half. I was like, what is all this offseason talk about defense? Y'all give up 68 in the first half. Uh, and then I played a game. I like to play this game with myself sometimes. Uh, if I go to bed during the game, I was like, okay, based on how it was being played and how you felt about it, what do you think this final score was and who won? And when I did it this morning, I said, you know what? I think the Spurs got them last night, something like 114-109. And so then I flipped open my phone. And I said, oh, the Mavericks won, 126-119. And it wasn't just because Luka did his thing and Kyrie did his thing. The Mavericks young fella, Derek Lively, turned in the performance I don't think anybody saw coming. That dude has 16 points and 10 boards. 
and uh, kind in a way, kind of oversham overshadowed who? Victor Wembley, your boy Vic, yeah, from yeah. Uh, the Seven Foot Three Sensation, yeah, from uh, from France. You talking about Lively or no, uh, Wimbayan? Victor, Victor had uh, five fouls. Yeah, he had fifteen points, five rebounds, five fouls, one six and nine from the field, three for five on threes. Uh, like I said, that dude gonna be a problem. But uh, Derek Lively, uh, he had four fouls, but 16 points, 10 boards, seven of eight from the field. Um, he's going to be a high-percentage shooter because he's going to get a lot of lobs, dunks, and putbacks uh, with Kyrie and uh, Luka playing. I don't care about none of all that. If he can play pretty good defense, which he did last night, and hit them boards, dog, they're a different team. I'm not going to get too excited about one game, okay? It's the NBA. It's a long season, 82 but that's a really nice start, and that's something that uh, you could get excited about and be like, man, forget the 16 points. If he's going to give me like eight points and eight rebounds for the season, you can get down with that because the Mavericks have struggled on the boards. So um, I'm, I'm keeping my emotions tempered, but it's a heck of a start for Derek Lively, the first pick, of, first round pick, 12th overall from Duke. Uh, he's just 19 years old, uh, but that was a heck of a start for him. And, uh, you know, man, it was, a, it was a good win for the Mavericks. Uh, Doncic with a triple-double, 33 points, 13 rebounds, 10 assists, Kyrie 22 and uh, 6. You know, they're going to be hard on some teams. They got to play better defense. Uh, but, you know, hey, man, it's early. And it's better to be the Mavericks than to be the Bulls. Bulls already had a team meeting, though. Dang. How can you have a team meeting one game into the season? Like, how can you do that, bro? They lost 124-104 to the Thunder at the crib. They already got a team meeting. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. But uh, the soap opera that is the NBA, I really enjoy the NBA and the, and the TNT show with Chuck and the fellas. Yeah. That's worth being tired some mornings because they, they just, I mean, they like me, you, and Clarence, the way they talk about it on TV. Uh, they just talking, having a good time. So uh, that's coming up. So enjoy the NBA season. Uh, the Mavericks are here. And this is the strange week or two that we got the sports equinox going. I don't know if y'all heard about that. Because this, this is a very, this is almost like an eclipse. It's very rare. And what it is is you have the Dallas Cowboys, the Dallas Mavericks, the Dallas Stars, and the Texas Rangers all playing at one time. Very rare does that happen. So enjoy it. And uh, for uh, Big Joe and the Big Rig, this has been Jock Tuck, presented by Grinning Law. Until we chat again, y'all be blessed.